0: So, t- so today's daf is Kaf Gimel in Yoma. It we're going to start eighteen lines in from the top of the Amud because the previous story and discussion of Shaul and Agadot about Shaul stretched all the way into the top of this daf. So we're going to we're going to pick up where the two dots are, where there's a new topic. So it says Umain So it's talking about how they would go around the. Uh, it's talking about on a. Uh, when they would assign the Kohanim various jobs discussed in the Mishnah, so they would go around and people, they would stick out a finger, and, the, you know, they, they would, by doing that, they would, they would count the, uh, they, would, they would go around and they would count and they would uh, select the people who were going to uh, who were going to uh, officiate particular avodot. So it talks about they could stick out one or two fingers. And that, yeah, that was the Mishnah just in the beginning of the Perak, right? Because mm-hmm. this is the beginning of Perek sheni. Uh, right, because they would they would want to uh, they would want to uh, do talmud addition. right? So they, would, so they would so they would so they would go because they wanted to avoid any kind of a uh, f- physical altercations among the kohanim. So they uh, so or or physical mishaps. So they decided to make it a lottery, basically. Um, they hadn't discovered rock paper scissors yet. That was a later development, I guess, in history. So they just had the finger. So now it says, Now, if you're allowed to stick out two fingers, certainly you could stick out one finger. Okay, so, why does it have to mention, right? or the, two or one? Why doesn't it just say, you know, so obviously, one, if you're even allowed to stick out two. Now, they still only counted it as one. It didn't really help you uh, if you stuck out two fingers. But the point is, you could stick out one or two. Really, in regular, ordinary persons, all supposed to stick out one finger. Only a sick person sticks out two, because and it says, what does it say inside? It's not supposed to say What's it supposed to say? Oh, right. This is just... This isn't a contradiction, but it's a support you're not supposed to stick out two fingers it confuses the counter so a person who is has difficulty you know sticking out just one finger because older or sick sickly so he needs the two he needs to stick out two fingers at a time he's not as coordinated so that's okay for him but for an average person they should stick out only one finger um and then what is it Just correct that word the next word says oh hayykhidin um right, so where, so where is it ah oh, hayykhidin motin shtay va monin la en so it says that they would stick out it says ykhidin means the uh uh he says inna uh, adam the people who are like uh who are not uh Able to sit with everyone else who are not feeling well or they're sitting down, they're lying down, so they would stick out two fingers, but they are still only count that as one. Right? That's the thing. So they, they would stick out two, but they only count as one. That's supposed to stick out the middle finger, I guess that is. You're not the thumb. So the thing is that if the person sticks out the middle finger, why would they do that? They want, they figure out like what the count is that, you know, that they, it's like when you do that one finger, two finger things and you count some people that, you know, sometimes they do that. So you can figure out really quickly what's going to fall on you if you put two fingers, if you put one finger because you figure out the math and you're really quick with that. So then you'd be able to try to manipulate the system so that it comes back to you if you want to win. Right? You can you can manipulate the system. So they would stick out a let's say their finger and then uh, you know they would stick out they would make it look like they were sticking out more than one finger. Uh or there was more than one person, so it'd be counted twice even though it was from the same hand. Actually I'm probably the third finger is probably the ring finger, I would guess, right? Not the middle finger because probably it's not counting the thumb. Right? So it's probably counting this. It's probably counting the Third finger probably means a third, not including the thumb. So they because the middle finger and the pointer finger are right next to each other. But the idea is that they would try to throw off the count, make it look like two separate fingers, so that when the guy's counting quickly, he won't notice and he'll 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 count it as two. And the thumb, for sure, you can't count. But if he st- if he did use his mi- his third finger, which I assume is the ring finger, actually not middle. So then they would count it. But if he uses the thumb, they wouldn't count it because thumb, for sure, you could make it like look like another person by positioning your fingers apart from each other, and the and it'll end up being counted twice. And that way, you manipulate, you affect the count to your advantage. The idea is that it's not an exact science, and people try to manipulate the, the outcome. <speaking in> the tricksters. Uh, so it says, <speaking in> If you put the third finger out, <speaking in> that if the person does this, sticks out the thumb, so then not only do they not count it, but he gets punished by the. It's going to explain what that is in a second. Um, my my So in other words, it doesn't mean that he actually counts it when it says counted. It doesn't mean it gets counted as two. It means it gets counted as one. So don't think because the guy's ca- sticking out two fingers, he's going to be counted as two. We can't manipulate the count like that because it wouldn't be fair. Some people will do one two, and they'll try to trick. They'll try to play the system. It's still only counted as one. However, what does it mean? The munev pakiya. So it says my pakiya. Madra he gives us another word that we don't know what that is either right so my it's the whip of the uh, uh of the uh, uh the arab guys that would have the strap that they would smack their horses with it right the pas that would crack their heads so I guess that means that they would you know um that it would be a uh um, but it means the she doesn't mean that it would crack the head of the of the person that hit you hit. It means that it it was it was cut on its head. In other words, it was very sharp on the end. I guess right. It wasn't thick on the end, right? Uh, but it was split into th- it was split thinly on the end. Oh, I guess that means it actually had more than one head. It was like split on the end, like strands on the end. So that when they would whip you. It would it would feel I guess it would hit you in multiple spots. When we learned about this, actually, I think we, we interpreted it in Masechet Shkalim when we learned it not long ago. The guy who was Mimunah Pakiya, we learned it the way that Aba'i is going to say here. He first thought, right? Amina I thought it meant the person who was in charge of the wicks of the uh, for the candles, which is exactly what we explained when we were in Masechet Shkalim because nobody brought this idea about whips in um, in Shkalim because it's not. As we learned, uh, because it says that they would take the, um, the worn out clothing of the Kohanim, they would, means they would make the, it into wicks. They would take the, 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 Material, the linen from the uh, big day uh, kihuna, they were worn out and they wouldn't just put it in gnizah they wouldn't throw it away, they would make it into wicks for the candle. So he said, That's what I thought pakia was. The person who's in charge of pakia means the person who's in charge of making those candle wicks. So, but then when I saw that it said that the person who tries to play the system by using his thumb during the count is going to be whipped by the guy who's mimunala pakia, so I realized pakia means that means the person who's in charge of whipping people. In other words, the person who has the Ritsuot who has the straps to whip people, that's what it was talking about. So there's a person who has to discipline the kohanim, who try to play games and try to position themselves to, for advantage in the jobs that they want. Okay, so the uh, so that's the, you see how, um, how people were, uh, tr- you know, really wanted to jockey for uh, different uh, opportunities here. Now, so this was in the Mishnah. It talked about the two people who were running And one guy fell and he broke his leg, okay? was they were running up because they used to make it that whoever reached the top of the Mizbeach first was the one who won before they in- instituted the idea of the counting which even then they had to have controls because people would try to make it look like it was two so they would count them for two and they would count You know, they had all kinds of tricks but it's a, but now it says Now it's getting really bad There were two Kohanim running up and not, it, it wasn't that one fell and broke his leg but the one guy he He came close, he was getting close, so he took a knife and stabbed him in the heart so that he would be able to win the the race. Ahmad Rabbi Tok al Malota Ulam Rabbi Tok stood on the steps of the of the Ulam of the of the antechamber of the Betamagdash Mamar and he said, Achenu our brothers, house of Israel, Shimu listen, Shimau, listen. How it says in the Pazuki Badama it talks about if you have a a murder. That's unsolved. So the, the elders will go out and they will uh and, and the elders will um have to do the egla rufa where they pour out the uh they, they pour water on their hands, they wash their hands, and they and they decapitate a calf and they say, said we didn't do this, we're not responsible for this. He says, Anu al who are we going to uh for whom should we bring this egla ufa? Allah on the on the city. Uh, or, or, or on the courtyards of the, the uh, of the uh, Beit HaMikdash and Rashi says mashal ba'ir who should be responsible for this should it be the Kohanim should it be the people of the city in other words when a terrible tragedy like a murder takes place there's a communal responsibility for that we take communal responsibility for that this is terrible right so it says everyone was crying but now, the, the postscript to the story is even worse. So Aviv Shal Tinok means the father of the Kohen who was stabbed. He's called a Tinok, he's called a baby. Obviously, he wasn't a baby. He must have been old enough to be serving. But the point was, he was a young, young kid. And he saw that he was still moving, even though he was stabbed in the heart. So what did the father say? He should be an atonement for all of you. His death should be an atonement. But my son is still moving. The knife was it didn't become tame. So take the knife out because the knife is still good. You should take the knife out of his heart. You know, what was it? That's what the father says with his son stabbed on the ground. Oh, my, my, my son is still alive. So technically, you know, the, the knife is, uh, is still not impure. You should take it. Yeah, it's a little bit crazy. That teaches you that, that the purity of the vessels was more serious to them than murder. But that's not just murder here, it's actually the person's own son, which is even worse, like I mean, I think in the you know, in the list of, of things, it's not just the, it's not just the murder, but it was even the murder of his own son, which is probably the worst thing you can imagine, and yet he's saying, oh, you know, we, we should take the knife out of his heart, because it, it won't become Tameh that way. It seems crazy to us. Right, because it's, it talks about Menasheh, the evil king of Yehuda, one of the last kings, that it says he was he 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 spilled a lot of innocent blood, uh, in Israel. until he filled Jerusalem from one side to the other with blood. In other words, there's there a lot of violence and a lot of it was, it was really a tyrannical reign of Menashe. So the point is that the people became desensitized to a certain extent to uh, murder and violence, right? Which story was first? Was it the story in the Mishnah with the broken leg? Because it sounds like the story of the Mishnah, the broken leg, led to them changing over to a lottery system. So how did this happen of this murder, right? So it says, If you're going to tell me that this case of the stabbing happened first, So, could it be that uh, if this murder case happened first, so then you would assume that after the murder, they would have changed over to a lottery. So how could it be that in the case of the race, of the broken leg, they changed over to a lottery? So you're going to have to say that the broken leg happened first. But the thing is, but once you uh, once you're going to say... That we're talking at that that the broken leg happened first, so then why are they dealing with racing to the top of the uh, ramp that didn't didn't apply anymore? Getting to within four Amot didn't apply anymore. Because uh because that was only something before the lottery was instituted. So, in other words, if the murder happened first, so you would have assumed that they would have switched over to a lottery system because of the murder that happened. And if you're going to say that no, the the broken leg thing happened first, well, then they should have already been on the lottery system. So, how did this murder even have an opportunity to happen? The truth is that the stabbing happened first. And they thought, you know, sometimes an extreme thing is less likely to change policy. Because they say, this guy's a nutcase that he did this. Okay, he's, you know, this is not going to happen ever again that someone's going to stab somebody because of one crazy person. We're going to change the whole system. This obviously is not a normal person who has a knife to stab somebody to get to the top of the of the Mizbeach. So we're not going to change the system because of one crazy person, right? But, kevan de afilu memela, you know, then they saw... That even normally it will come to different kinds of danger. People are getting injured. Okay, maybe they're not stabbing each other, hopefully, but they're getting injured. So that's when they ended up instituting the uh, lottery. So the point is that it's interesting and, and probably very true that, you know, something that happens that's really an outlier case, you don't expect anybody ever to do that or think to do that, that's less likely to change policy because you're going to assume that it's an unusual situation. It's so rare, are not going to change the law because of one person abused the System to such an extreme way, but in uh, in a situation that you see, ordinarily people can get hurt. So now you have a yeah, now you have an obligation to adjust the system because you see that even under ordinary circumstances, a person can get hurt. Forget about an extraordinary person who's going to go kill people. It's like uh, you know, it, you, just because you have, let's say, shooting, sometimes it doesn't. We haven't then therefore required that at ev- in every mall, you know, you have to have a full search and you have to stand on a security line. For, you know, like you're going to uh, TSA security line every time you go into the mall because there's been shootings. We haven't done that. Because, okay, so certain crazy people come in and they, and they do that. But if something were so common that happened all the time, so then you would have more of a, you know, you'd be more attentive to that. And anyway... That's just an example maybe from our experience. But now, So he mentioned this idea of like, the idea of eglar which underscores how serious any homicide is. That, you know, we make the elders go from the closest city, wash their hands, decapitate the cap, say, oh, you know, as if to take responsibility for it, right? Obviously, they don't fully take responsibility, but the message is, we are culpable when, when terrible things happen. We have to, we have to do some soul-searching. So it says, Is that really accurate? Would they really bring an Eglah Arufah, a decapitated calf for a case like this? But Yerushalayim doesn't bring an Eglah Arufah ever. Because one of the ten things in Bava Kamat says that we don't do in Jerusalem is, that we, they don't have a, uh, Egl Because since Jerusalem is Chalkal Shvatim, according to this, like we learned that Lodnit Chalkal Shvatim means that Jerusalem is, an, is a federal property. It belongs to everybody. It doesn't belong to one Shevet. So therefore, it doesn't have, it has to belong to a particular Shevet to be obligated in Eglar And since it doesn't, it doesn't have Eglar I was an unknown killer. Yeah, we didn't get to that yet. They're going to point that out eventually. Yeah, he's, it, yeah that's what they're going to say. It also says that it has to be somebody that you don't know who did the murder. And here we know. Here we know exactly who the murderer is. It doesn't say what actually happened to the murderer, what they did with that with that guy. But um, The reason why he did that was so that people would cry. In other words, he was just trying to make a point that, you know, where we don't know who, who did it and where it's a mystery and yet we make a big deal out of it. It's so terrible. Here, you know, how much more terrible it is. It happened in the Bet HaMakdash, people killing each other. You know, he was just trying to say, like it was a rhetorical um, device that he was using so the father comes and says oh my, father, my son is still alive so take the knife out I think I remember this in the Tosefta that actually this was not a this was a uh, right I, I, I think I remember I don't know maybe it will bring it in the in the art school. But I, 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 I remember this maybe being a, a Tzadokim, actually, not a regular... Uh, and it was saying that Tzadokim are, are more crazy about the of Kelim than, uh, than, than, uh, than about Shvichut Amim. But uh, you could check. I don't remember. I, I'm pretty sure this was, it was referring to the story. But in, in any case, the... Um, so, so it says they were more strict about tarat uh, kelim than shfichut amim. So Ibalu, they asked shfichut amim tarat Zal about tarat kelim is it just that murder became so commonplace that it was lower, they didn't take it to be a big deal, okay? But tarat kelim, they always considered strictly. In other words, is it that the two would have been on a certain, let's say there's a certain level of sensitivity to murder and a certain sensitivity uh, level that's expected for tarat and it doesn't mean that their sense of Tara was heightened. It just means that their their um willingness to accept violence was increased. In other words, they became more uh, 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 desensitized to violence. Okay? That's one possibility. Like, let's say a person grows up in like a gang, uh, uh, you know, a neighborhood where there's killing all the time, there's shooting all the time. After a while, they become desensitized to it. Right? Or maybe really, they really had the same sense of uh, sensitivity to murder that they always did, but they increased their level of obsession with tarat uh, kelim. In other words, is it that their sense of the importance of purity was exaggerated or that their sense of the sanctity of life was diminished? That's that's what it's really asking. So from the fact that it brings the pasuk um, of menashe, the king who spilled a lot of blood, it means that they had become desensitized to murder and violence. And the purity of, of, of vessels was basically the same. It doesn't mean that they had an exaggerated, they attached an exaggerated importance to it means that they had a lack of sensitivity to murder. So this is talking about Remember there are two things. There's such a thing as Tumat edition is where they just took the scoop of the ashes off of the Mizbech, and they put it next to the Mizbech, that they did every day. And there was such a thing as Hotza'at Adeshen that they didn't do every day, but once in a while they would take the uh, accumulated ashes out of the Bet HaMikdash, um to another location. So this that didn't happen every single day. So it's talking about Hotza'at Adeshen Shomani, Yom so it sounds like it's saying that this, this Kohen should wear regular clothes, not Big Day Kehuna to do this, right? Because uh, just like the, on Yom Kippur, it says that, <speaking in Hebrew> just like when it talks about taking off, uh, you know, taking off clothing, it means not wearing Big Day Kehuna. So it's, so, so too, it means not wearing Big Day Kehuna. So it says no. It doesn't mean that they're not big day karuna. It's comparing the two. In both cases, they have to be wearing big day karuna. What it means is that they didn't wear the same quality uh, clothing. So, as she says, like they were, they were, they were worn out. Or it wasn't, you know, as bright of a linen it, and it wasn't as expensive. So they had a for the hotza'at, uh for the hazaat edition, they had a lesser, um, a lesser kind of a uh, big day kehuna that they would wear. Not that they didn't wear big day kehuna. It's not saying you should wear, you should put on jeans and a t shirt to take it out. It's saying that you should wear big day kehuna, but a lesser type of big day kehuna. Now, now Rashid gold, brings, but less of a gold. It's no gold on it. So what do you mean with It means shiny. Yeah. So in the... In the... Um, in, the uh, in, 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 Rashi, in the Rashi there, he brings a, uh, a version of the Torah that's a little bit... Um, uh, a little bit different. Right? But he... Uh, just like, right? So, he's saying, just like the Kohen, what he wears from Avodat Avodah is not the same Bigadim. Is the point? It doesn't mean that he wears big Chol, the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur. It means that he he, he wears Bigadim that would not qualify as big for him for part of the service. So, but that's not what he's doing here. He's wearing; just he wears a lesser one. Rabbi Eliezer, He says, what this teaches you is that even Kohanim or balei Mumin, in other words, it doesn't mean. Um it, it means, Rashi well, says, since what he's doing is taking something out of the Beit HaMikdash, that even a Balmum could do. Even a Kohen who can't do any other Avodah could do this. I'm what the Master said. Uh, what it says is, you said before that the, the Kohen who would do this would wear lesser bigadim. So it seems like there's two opinions. One opinion is saying that they would wear a lesser type of Bigadim. One is saying that even a kohen who is a lesser status of kohen could do it. Okay, so it says Bigadim Rabo. lo Zog ben Koser Rabo. That just that a kohen should now wear the same clothing to take out the garbage, so to speak, as he does to do the avodah. So therefore, even though he has to wear bigday kehuna, he should wear a less shiny, less fancy bigday kehuna, less quality bigday day, big kehuna when he takes out the hotzat addition. That's why he wears a different clothing because then he can't come in and do bishel. Means to like to cook for his master, he can't come and put the korbanot on the altar, the same clothing that he d- used to uh, take out the garbage, so to speak. Right? The same machloket pertains to trumat tradition. in other words, just like Rabbi Eliezer says that can take out the accumulated ashes, so too we would say that they could do trumat tradition. Now, that's very interesting because trumat tradition we usually think is one of the avodot, it's right. the first avodot of the day. Right? The, the hotzat tradition is taking out the... It's not really a part of the Avodah at all. It's just that when it accumulates to a certain level, they take it out. Okay, maybe we could understand why mm-hmm. you could have a Balmum do that because it's not really part of the Avodah. It's just whenever it's a need, how they take it out. It's like, be? I don't know. But uh, they, but they... Whenever it would accumulate. But it would probably depend on how many Korbanot they had on particular days, how much was building up. But the... the um, The point is that it wasn't every day, so it's not part of, it's not part of the avodah at all, and it's, it's just removing the garbage, it's like taking the garbage out. It's like, how often do you take the garbage out? Depends what you ate and how much and what accumulated, and, and, you know, who knows. But the, uh, but the point, and how much they scooped, because the scooping had a minimum, but it didn't have a maximum. Maybe some guys took a huge shovel of it, and some guys said it's small, you know, we don't know. But the point is that the, they would take it out from time to time. Um, and the uh, if I if I'm not mistaken, the Rambam and the Ravad they have an argument about how often it was, but uh, uh, it, but, but I remember, but uh, I don't remember the details of it. I think the Rambam had a much less frequent, and the Ravad had a much more frequent uh, schedule for the removal of uh, the edition But the point is that uh, be that but not as not a, daily. what no, <laughs> definitely not daily. That's not for a sure. Part of the right. So it has it nothing to do. The, the 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 scooping is the, even the hazaah. That was just an occasional thing that they would do. Because if it's part of the whole... Right. So if it's <laughs> part of that, Right. You would think it's a part of Abidon, Right. So, so right. They, they're saying it's like a maintenance thing. So therefore... Yeah. They're, 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 the right. The well, because it doesn't have... A, it's oh. not on the Mizbeach and it's not going to the Mizbeach. It's just literally just taking out the ashes that are mm-hmm. on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a maintenance mm-hmm. type of thing. So so, so Rish Lakish is going even further. He's saying even Trumat Edition that they take the scoop off is also that. 'Cause it's just to minimize the amount of build up on the on the altar surface. So even that so that's really that's really radical for Rebi Yochanana Klokva Bahamad Vaya Kul Avodahi. Rabbi Yochan says, Whoa, wait a second, Shumata Deshin, for sure. The taking of the scoop is definitely one of the Avodot. That you can't have a Baal Mum do that. Maita Mad Reshlakish, a Malakhi Sal Kadada Kabodahi Yesh the Kabodashik Shabishne Khalib. So he said so Reshla Kish said that uh that if you, you must agree with me that Trumat uh, HaDashin is uh, not an that because it says in the Torah, It says he only has to wear two of the four bigadim of the Kohen to do it. Because it says he has to wear the, 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 the kutonet, which is the, which is the shirt, and the pants. That's it. He doesn't have to wear the, the mitznefet and the afne. He doesn't have to wear the belt, and he doesn't have to wear the, the turban. So that shows you that it's not really an avodah, because he only has to wear two two of the, uh, of the four. It's not really telling you that he doesn't have to wear all four pieces of clothing. He does have to wear all four pieces of clothing. But what it's telling you is giving you two examples, meaning he has to put on his clothes. It's like if I say to you, okay, put on your, your shirt and your pants. We're going out. That doesn't mean don't put on your belt. It doesn't mean don't put on your shoes. It doesn't mean don't put on your hat or kippah or whatever. Of course, he has to wear all those things. It's just giving two examples, Right. So that's a midato. So, why does it say midovad? What's the purpose of that pasuk? It's an extra language to teach you that it has to be um, according to his measurement. In other words, he has to. Um, it can't be dragging on the ground, it can't be too high. It's got to be something that's custom-fit, custom-tailored. How do you know that nothing comes before the pants? That puzzle comes to tell you that, first of all, he doesn't wear any underwear under there, but also that that's the first one of the big that he puts on. In other words, it has to be on his flesh. The point is that the, this extra pasuk is that each one is to tell you something special about that. But Rabbi Yochanan is saying the person has to be fully dressed as a kohen, otherwise, he wouldn't be able to officiate the Chumat Adesh. it's definitely one of the Avodot. No question. Those days with no what? Man? I don't even know if they had underwear back I doubt it. Probably not. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. But meaning you can't have any other garment under there. Maybe you don't like the feeling of it on your bare flesh. You want to put something else. You can't. Right. That's the point. So he says, Reish so Lakish agrees with both of those things. He agrees that mido teaches you the idea that it has to that has to fit the person properly. He agrees that that word mido. It comes from Midato. And he also says that you can't put anything on before the pants. He learns from Me'al bisaro Nafka. He agrees, but he's still saying that it's trying to show you that he only had to wear those two bigadim. If you only had to wear those two bigadim, then obviously it's not a real Avodah, then a Balm should be able to do it. Neima Ketana'e. Maybe this is really a Machlo Al Bissaro, Matan Bash. Yilbash. It says, Al Right. So why does it have to tell you Yilbash? So it says, la The word Yilbash, right? He could have just said, Right? So uh, why does it have to say Yilbash? So it comes to tell you that he has to put on all the big day Kehuna, not just those two. So that seems to support Rabbi Yochanan. Okay? And Rabbi Dosa, an He only has four. Or if he's a Kohen Gadol, he has eight. Meaning, as you're just giving it two examples, and they're saying that's a special limud from each one. That's why they mention those two to teach you the idea of the custom-made st- size and all that. But really, it's uh, really he has to put them all on. That's what Rabbi Rabbi Huda is saying here, and that's what Rabbi Yochanan was saying. Like he's just taking it literally, he only has to wear two big because really it's not really an avodah at all. We learned this before, right? Rabbi Dosa says, No, it's coming to tell you that the that actually the big day kahunav, the kohen gadon yom kippur, he's not allowed to use them for another yom kippur, but he's allowed to give them to a regular kohen to use for the rest of the year because it's basically the same outfit, right? So that's that's what he says it's coming to teach you, but um. And so meaning that right now what the Gemara is taking to st- is that Rabbi Dosa probably thinks that he literally only has to wear those two pieces of clothing to do this Avodav Tumat And the reason it's mentioning it is to tell you that a regular Kohen could take, could inherit the big day Keona of Yom Kippur from a, a Kohen Gadol that served in the Beit HaMikdash for Yom Kippur. Now, it says, um, uh, uh, Amar Rabbi, Rabbi said, and we saw this already earlier in the Gemara, there are two responses to your claim. First of all, that's a machlok between Rabbi and Rabbi Dosa that we learned. That according to Rabbi, the, the belt of the Kohen Gadol is not the same as the belt of a regular Kohen the rest of the year. We had that machloket already, because according to Rabbi, the belt of the Kohen Gadol. On Yom Kippur, is just a plain white belt, and the and the belt of the regular kohen has uh, has shatnez in it, right? So therefore, you can't use the belt of the kohen gadol of Yom Kippur for any other time of the year because it doesn't work any other time of the year. <speaking in Hebrew> How could you take vessels or uh, clothing that was used for a higher Kiddushah of Yom Kippur and then repurpose them for a lower Kiddushah, of a regular avodah a regular kohen? It would be a disgrace. To do such a thing. And so therefore, uh, that can't be. It's telling you that you can even use um, uh, a Big Day that are worn out. They don't have to be brand new for all of their use. Even if they've started to wear out, they don't shine the same way they once did. They're still okay. Okay, but what do we see? And also, uh, And also, uh, um, and you should leave them there. This is also a discussion. According to the Tanakhama, that means that once a Kohen Gadol is used the big day of, uh, for, for Yom Kippur, they can never be used again. They're put away in Gniza. In No, really, actually, a regular Kohen could use them because according to him, the belt of the Kohen Gadol and the belt of the Kohanim, the regular Kohanim, the rest of the year is the same. That The the regular Kohanim, the rest of the year, only have a plain belt. They don't have a shatnez belt. What it means is that the Kohen Gadol is not allowed to use them for another Yom Kippur. Not that they could be, not that they have to go to Gnizah. He gives them to another regular kohen to wear them for the rest of the year. But the point is like this: my love, that we're going to interpret that Rabbi Yehudahu who says that the mention of two bigadim with trumat the removal of the ashes, not the removal from the bet ha Dash, but the scooping of the ashes, that mention of only two begadim is liter- is, is not literal, that actually it means all four begadim, but Rabbi Dosa, who uses those words for something else, is taking it literally, that actually the Kohen who comes to lift the, to scoop the, the edition, only has to wear two begadim, because it's not really an avodah. And so he uses the psukim to learn other stuff. Okay, so that would that would fit with Rish Lakish and Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan agreeing with agreeing with Rabbi Yehuda that it's a full fledged avodah. And really, you need to wear all four Bigadim to do that if you're the kohen hedyot, and all eight if you're the kohen gadol. And according to uh, according to Rish Lakish, he's agreeing with Rabbi Dosa that no, it's not really an avodah. You only need two Bigadim. Says Lo dekule alma avodahi. Really, it's an avodah according to everyone. This is the real machloked. More savor tzrichak ralur abuye. It's a much more, uh, a much simpler makhluket, okay? Rabbi Yehuda is saying, if not for the fact that we had the Pasuk of Yilbash, we would think that you didn't have to wear Big Day Kilhunah for that Avodah, uh, because it's not really an Avodah, and that's why you need an extra Pasuk to teach you that you need the full uniform of the Kohen to, to be able to do it. And Rabbi Dosa is saying you don't need an extra pasuk to tell you that you need the full uniform of the Kohen in order to do Chumat tradition. It's obvious. So therefore the Psukim are coming to tell you something else. But they both agree that Chumat tradition is an avodah that requires all the big adim, like Rabbi Yochanan would say. The only question is, is that self-evident and obvious? And therefore the, therefore the Pesukim that are there must be coming to tell us something else. Or is it not so self-evident? And really we need Pesukim in order to support... The, uh, the in, in order to support that position, in which case the word yilbash is going to come to teach you that you need to wear a full out a uniform because maybe you would have thought that it's not really a part of the avodah. Like, like exactly, Gresh like Lakisha is suggesting. In other words, Rabbi Yochanan mm-hmm. is saying that these rabbis are all agreeing with me. It's just a question of whether your idea is even a thought in anybody's head that it would need to have a pasuk to support, you know, to, to, to refute it, or it's so obvious it doesn't even need a pasuk to refute it. But everybody really agrees that truma tradition is navodah, as we've seen throughout that the Kohanim are, you know, competing to be able to do this first avodah precisely because it is considered an avodah in their eyes a very valuable uh, first, you know, the start-off avodah of the day. So I guess it's a good way